All right, welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. All right, so we need to go ahead and talk about this because news broke over the weekend. Dwayne The Rock Johnson endorses Biden-Harris, and it's his first presidential endorsement, so this is supposed to mean that this is something big, this is something huge, that we must vote for Biden-Harris ticket. Now, of course, he tries to explain why he's making this endorsement, and like all delusional leftists, he tries to act like it's about peace and tolerance or, you know, about the conversation, and, you know, he he comes up with all this BS excuses that do not match reality. But let's go ahead and actually analyze the situation here, because, okay, he's going to go out and make his first presidential endorsement, and he goes off and, and endorses the worst possible people. Now, as bad as Hillary Clinton was, Biden-Harris is far worse. And so let's go ahead and analyze what motivates Dwayne The Rock Johnson to actually endorse a candidate. Okay, so you have Joe Biden. Here's a guy who is, well, other than his mental decline, is a pretty horrible garbage person. Let's face it, he was the vice president of the most corrupt presidential administration in U.S. history. It has been proven beyond the doubt that Obama used the powers of government to target political opponents, whether that was the use of IRS in 2012 or the use of the intelligence community in 2016. It's been proven that the entire investigation was based solely off of the Steele dossier which, you know, the use of the word dossier is supposed to make it sound legitimate, which was paid for by the DNC and Hillary Clinton and used as its subsource a person, a Russian, who was a known disinformation specialist under investigation by the CIA as a dangerous person who they knew was going to be trying to target and destabilize U.S. elections. We've seen text message after text message from the FBI agents involved uh, going through and admitting that there was no there there, that they were engaged in a witch hunt, that they were going off and purchasing professional liability insurance as they were discussing that what they were doing was potentially illegal, that they were engaged in a fraudulent investigation, right? That's Joe Biden in a nutshell. Yes, there's a lot more to it, and it would take hours to really unpack everything involved in Spygate. Okay, so we have the vice president candidate, uh, the vice president of the most corrupt administration in all of U.S. history, running for president. Then you got Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, who knowingly, willfully put innocent people on death row, who suppressed and withheld the evidence of their innocence until after their execution. And so she put innocent people on death row, knowing they were innocent, waited until after they were executed, and then, oh, yes, by the way, here's the evidence that we, you know, previously suppressed, and uh, whoops, they were innocent. Sorry, Kamala Harris, who is a very hateful, racist person who's constantly going out there trying to claim that the United States is a horrible, evil place. Kamala Harris and Joe Biden together 
that are going off and attacking the police with knowingly false narratives, whether that is the Breonna Taylor situation, where they know that that wasn't an incident of you know police brutality, police shooting are racially motivated. The police went there with a warrant because they had evidence that there was drugs, you know, drug dealing going on and that that apartment was used in a drug, you know, smuggling operation, right? That Yes, they had a no-knock warrant, but they still knocked. According to a neighbors, they heard the police identify themselves as the police. And then what happened? Well, they entered the apartment when no one would come and answer the door. Her boyfriend, who was there at the time, started shooting at the police, who, by the way, identified themselves. She was standing behind him. So, you know, her standing behind, you know, a person shooting at the police, it is unknown whether the police officers could even see her standing behind the active shooter. And the police, having been taking fire and one of them actually being shot, returned fire and Breonna Taylor gets hit and dies. Tragic? Yes. Criminal? Not in the least. And by the way, maybe you shouldn't be standing behind someone shooting at the police. You know, you ever think of that? Or George Floyd. They know he died of a drug overdose. Right? That's already been proven. Even if they rushed him to the hospital, even if the police officer never touched him and they rushed him to the hospital, it is still unlikely that he would have survived the massive overdose of fentanyl. You know, people are going, well, the police officer, he was, you know, leaning on him while he was shouting he couldn't breathe. He was, George Floyd was saying he couldn't breathe when sitting on the sidewalk up against a building, you know, and are in the back of the squad car. Right? He was saying he couldn't breathe when no one was touching him. So the whole, I can't breathe, you know, it, it when you watch the whole video, it actually makes sense that the officer was like, well, you were saying you couldn't breathe when you were sitting on the sidewalk with no one touching you. So why should, what I believe you now, the officer, you know, may have used excessive force. Yes. Yes. No one denies that, but he didn't cause any injuries. And what he did didn't actually kill anybody. It was George Floyd died of a drug overdose. And we can go back all the way to, you know, Trayvon Martin and all the evidence, all the eyewitness accounts, all the videos that we have prove that the left's narrative about what happens in these police shooting situations are false, debunked, but they don't care. They keep promoting these false narratives. Why? To incite violence from terrorist organizations like BLM and Antifa, who then go around and start burning down buildings, buildings with people still inside it, and they know they're still inside it. You know, they go through, they burn down communities, largely minority communities. They engage in terrorism. They go out and actively target police officers. Now they're celebrating the killing of police officers and the killing of anybody who supports Trump or Republicans. So apparently, all it takes is, you know, massive corruption, putting innocent people, executing innocent people knowingly, promoting false narratives to incite terrorism and murder. That's what it takes to get Dwayne The Rock Johnson excited enough 
about a presidential race to make his first presidential endorsement. You know, which really goes off to show, you know, how much Hollywood either changes a person or how much Dwayne The Rocks Johnson's public persona is a complete crock of shit. Now, I was a fan of The Rock back in his WWF days, right? Before they switched it to WWE, back when he was going for his intercontinental title for the first time. I even had his autobiography that, you know, was written back in his wrestling days where I can go through and I take a look at how he initially tried football career and that, you know, he did something that nobody else or not nobody else, but so few people recognized to do. He realized at a point that his football career was not going to take off no matter how hard he worked at it, right? Whether it's due to, you know, um, a lack of talent. I don't know. I didn't watch him play football or whether it is that due to the limited spot, no matter how much talent he did possess, there was always more people talented who could get into the NFL or, you know, maybe it's because of the injuries that he sustained. However, even though football was his passion, he finally got to a point where he realized that wasn't going to take him anywhere. And then he switched to wrestling where he could take that charisma and hard work and natural athleticism and propel him to the top. See, if he would have stayed in football, he would have remained a nobody. But he realized something wasn't working. And so he reassessed and found something else that better aligns with the talents that he has and became a mega success. Do you know how rare that is? Do you know how rare it is for people to have that much self-awareness to make the switch from what they are most passionate about to being wildly successful at something that they are best suited for. So in any event, you know, as you go through and you take a look at all of this, now he comes out and his first presidential endorsement now shows what type of person he really is. Either he has, you know, been in Hollywood so long, he is completely out of touch with reality, with what's actually going on. You know, that being an actor, you know, maybe maybe it's a natural consequence of your whole life being based off of pretending to be other people in movies that you lose touch with reality or that he was never the person that he, you know, that his public persona portrayed him to be, right? Because his first public endorsement shows that he supports corruption, executing innocent people terrorism, and murder. That's what gets him excited enough to go off and endorse a candidate. So, I mean, how do you get to this point? How do you get so lost? Well, there's three possibilities. Two of them I've already alluded to. You know, one, his public persona is a complete crock of shit. Right? That, that is a pretty easy explanation. Two, You know, he's been in Hollywood so long that he's been isolated from reality. He doesn't actually have a clue about what the hell he's endorsing. You know, and he's just another out-of-touch liberal elitist who doesn't really care about what happens to you and me because 
Well, he's got enough money that he is set for life, that he'll be able to live whatever lifestyle. So, you know, when he promotes people whose policies will cause the rest of us to suffer, well, he doesn't have to worry. In fact, not only does he not have to worry, but he can ensure that he's not burdened by having to actually see the results of the garbage policies that he's promoting. See, there used to be a time when you could be a Democrat and a good person because Democrats were essentially good people with bad ideas. Those days are long gone. And so he no longer even has to worry about even coming across the suffering from the policies that he apparently, you know, is excitedly to endorse, to endorse. All right. And then there's the third possibility. And that is he was being told that, you know, his career would start suffering if he didn't make an endorsement for the Democrats and that, you know, being politically neutral, well, that was going to cap his future potential. And so he comes out, you know, like, you know, um, he comes out and makes an endorsement so that he can continue starring in movies. Now we've heard from a lot of other, you know, former actors or actors whose careers have been limited, but have found places where they can still do shows, you know, people like Tim Allen and such who have come out and informed. Yeah. If you let it be known that you're conservative, your career is essentially over. Your opportunities are very limited and it will be hard for you to find work. So, I mean, there's always the possibility that he just sold out all of his principles in order to maintain his celebrity status and future career opportunities. So one of those three, you know, possibilities is what led to this endorsement. You know, but this endorsement really goes to show what the content of Dwayne the Rock Johnson's character is, and that content is shitty. Right? So I no longer want to see him in any way, shape, or form. You know, I'm not going to watch his movies. I'm not, I've unfollowed him on social media. You know, I've now, you know, taken, you know, all the old, you know, uh, rock memorabilia that I still had from, you know, his wrestling days. And I've gone ahead and I've tossed them in the trash. And I've gone ahead and I've burnt that autobiography that he, of his from his wrestling days that I still had. And every so often, you know, would read because it was a good story of, you know, triumphing where he started off. You know, maybe not at the bottom, but he started off from very modest beginnings and how he was able to take his hard work, athleticism and charisma and be able to make it into a highly successful career. But now, you know, if this is what he enthusiastically endorses, if this is what motivates him to make his first presidential endorsement, then it really goes to show that he is just a garbage person. And, you know, I don't want him doing anything about supporting the police, the military, the U.S., because his endorsement shows that he is another anti-American, anti-democracy elitist who 
just believes in mass corruption, a centralized authoritarian government, and really has no concern for you and me. So you know what? Dwayne The Rock Johnson can take his endorsement, turn it sideways, and shove it straight up his candy ass. Now, moving along here, it's interesting to see how the Supreme Court battle has been shaping. As we go through and we take a look at everything uh, that has been happening, and the Democrats are actually proposing something that libertarians have been wanting for a long time. So because of Trump getting his third presidential nominee, you know, for the Supreme, uh, not presidential nominee, but SCOTUS pick, you know, Supreme Court pick. Democrats in the House are now preparing a bill, you know, designed to put term limits on Supreme Court justices. Now, they are wanting to do this in order to create a situation in which they can retake the Supreme Court, you know, uh, term limiting them out. That way, every president will get uh, about three Supreme Court nominees or be able to determine the majority of the court. Now, I'm actually not opposed to term limits on Supreme Court justices. Why? Because we have seen Supreme Court justices become vastly corrupt. Right? They, they're, they're appointed for life. So it doesn't matter what they do. Right? It doesn't matter that they make rulings that are in direct contradiction to the Constitution. It doesn't matter to them that they are trying to use their position on the Supreme Court to rewrite the Constitution to fit their political ideology rather than actually taking a look at what the Constitution says and then making rulings that are based off of what the Constitution actually says. I mean, we have seen ruling after ruling that fly in the face of the Constitution, and they always try to come up with, well, you know, based off of, you know, other judicial opinions. Well, you know what? If those judicial opinions were wrong, then guess what? Your ruling based off of a wrong opinion is still wrong, right? The the Constitution says A, and you rule B, right? You rule in favor of B. I mean, it's amazing, you know, how the Supreme Court and all these judges can just ignore the Constitution, ignore the laws, and just make shit up on the bench. I mean, I know from personal experience how corrupt judges are, especially federal judges appointed by Democrats. I know from personal experience how corrupt they are and how they will lie in their rulings and how they will make stuff up out of thin air in order to justify a ruling, despite the fact that all the evidence proves that what they used as justification was completely false. So anyways, they wanted to go off and create term limits. And guess what? You know, this is something that I would actually support. Term limits. Because why do we want corrupt judges or judges who have become corrupt be appointed for life? So yes, I want it to go through and have it be on a nice regular rotation. Now, yes, does that mean that there will be Democrats that will appoint, who will knowingly appoint corrupt judges? Who will ignore the Constitution? Sure, but then it also means we'll finally get, you know, more periods of times where we can get legitimate judges, honest judges, who will actually enforce the Constitution. 
And you know what, Nancy? While you're at it, while you're going off and talking about term limits for uh, Supreme Court justices, why don't we also impose term limits on representatives in the House and senators? You know, the fact that, you know, you can have people who spend 40, 50 years of their career as elected members of the House and Senate is pathetic. You know, they lose touch with reality. They become massively corrupt. All right, which more on that in a moment. So, yes, I believe term limits all around. Term limits on the Supreme Court, term limits on the House, term limits on the Senate. Let's go all in. But, of course, she doesn't actually believe in any of this. She isn't doing this out of any principle. She's just doing this because she doesn't like that Trump got three Supreme Court picks in his first term, and he likely has another four years. How many more Supreme Court picks will he have by the time he is term limited in 2024? Okay, so there's one more thing that I want to touch on uh, for today's episode, and that is voter fraud. Voter fraud is becoming a very serious problem in the United States, and it's the left that is engaged in voter fraud. So for years, we've known voter fraud happens. You know, the claims that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. Well, did she really, you know, or were they just had more people voting for her multiple times? You know, we've seen Project Veritas videos of Democrat election commissioners in New York, you know, talking about how they know people are busing around uh, between precincts to cast uh, votes multiple times, assuming the identity of dead people and people that they've been able to confirm haven't voted in the past few elections and is unlikely uh, to vote in the current election. We've seen how, you know, st- people have used techniques such as loosening the glue. So they go out, they harvest ballots, you know, absentee ballots, and then they loosen the glue to open up the envelope. Uh, so there's little to no signs of tampering take the ballot out and replace it with a different ballot, you know, to, you know, make sure that they vote right, you know, and then go and spread them out, you know, in different mailboxes in order to try and avoid detection. We've seen, you know, all types of fraud. We've even seen where ballots are being tossed in dumpsters voting for President Trump this time. But we've seen this happen in years past, where ballots for Republican candidates end up in a filling up dumpsters, you know, tossed out, not counted. These people are disenfranchised, you know, because they didn't vote the right way. And we're even seeing where ballots are being printed up with errors on them, you know, quote, computer errors, errors that seem to only negatively affect Republican candidates. So we got ballots being printed out that are riddled with errors to negatively affect Republicans, ballots being tossed in the trash if and dumpsters if they are voted for President Trump. We see, you know, the fraud of people ballot harvesting are going around getting the ballots out of the mailboxes at night, loosening the glue and replacing the ballots with who they want to vote for, and people voting multiple times. 
could it get any worse? I mean, it's already so bad that if Biden was declared the winner, there would be huge questions as to the legitimacy of the vote because of how much voter fraud the Democrats are engaged in. In fact, the Democrats seem to rely exclusively, well, I guess not exclusively, but rely heavily on voter fraud in order to win elections and maintain power. Now they want to create the illusion that, oh, they win the popular vote. Most people agree with them. Well, if that were true, they wouldn't have to engage in so much fraud. And so any idea of Biden winning the election is already in doubt as far as the legitimacy. How much of it was actually, you know, Biden winning by uh, people having the election stolen from them through all the mass voter fraud? Well, now there's more. As a national review has pointed out, or, you know, in this article, they're pointing to Project Veritas, voter fraud in Ilhan Omar's district. You know, so they're getting even sloppy with the voter fraud because they've gotten away with voter fraud for so long and have the media helping suppress all of the evidence of voter fraud from reaching, you know, as, as far as it should. Right. And of course, social media helping to suppress the information as well, but they're getting very sloppy with the voter fraud and how all the ways in which they engage and voter fraud is becoming far more evident. So as this goes through, a ballot broker boasts about keeping hundreds of absentee ballots in his car trunk. He brags about them being filled in, uh, or, yeah, being filled in by people other than the voters. Often money changes hands. And so now what they're going off and doing is that they are bribing people to cast fraudulent votes to cast votes in other people's names. I mean, it it is horrible. Witnesses tie the rampant fraud to the campaign chairman of a prominent member of the radical squad in the U.S. House. Loose, Loose election laws allow people to come from out of state, vote, and then leave again. And so that's another thing uh, that they are doing is they're bringing people in from out of state, getting them to be able to cast ballots, and then they leave the state. So they've cast ballots in multiple states as well. I mean, this is horrible. The amount of fraud that is going on has undermined any legitimacy of an election in which President Trump, you know, loses. Uh, And it is horrible. And this is in addition to all of the mass corruption that happened in the 2016 election and so forth. I mean, can you really trust the outcome of an election where the side that supposedly wins has a mountain of evidence of voter fraud behind them and being engaged in voter fraud? (sighs) So it goes on to read, a concerted effort is being made to use the coronavirus as an excuse to transform how we vote in elections by shifting to mail-in or absentee ballots. Now, I'm going to stop here and point out that most of the voter fraud that happens is in direct relation to absentee ballots. And now they want to go into mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots relying on voter rolls that we know are horribly inaccurate, containing thousands to tens of thousands of dead people. 
on these voter rolls. Even people's pets, dead pets, are on these voter rolls. And they want to just automatically send them out so people can vote multiple times. It is amazing. We are told uh, that democracy will be improved if we allowed ballots to be handed uh, or handled outside the scrutiny of election officials. I mean, I'm sure you can see where this is going here. And so the Democrats, they engage in election fraud, people voting multiple times using multiple identities. They're going through and replacing people's ballots. You know, they voted for Trump. They loosen the glue and put in a ballot voting for Biden. We see ballots being tossed in the trash. And all of this, I mean, it is amazing. There is a good detailed list of all the things that the Democrats are engaged in in order to undermine and disenfranchise you from having a voice in government so that they can get the outcome that they want. Now, can you imagine any instance of Biden winning, right? Think about this, Biden wins. And then, you know, we continue to find votes for Trump in dumpsters. We continue to find all these fraudulent voting activities that the left is engaged in. It would tear the country, it is tearing the country apart. And But the Democrats, they love division. Because as long as we're fighting amongst each other, you know, as long as they can keep this country divided, they can keep eyes off of what they're actually doing. They can keep us from demanding that our representatives actually represent us. And that is, you know, a long going theme here on this podcast is that the Democrats, you know, sow division, you know, because they're using an old military tactic. Divide and conquer. As long as they can keep us divided against each other, they can conquer this country from within the government. And given everything that they did during the Obama administration and how they knowingly and seemingly didn't care how they were engaging in illegal activity in order to target political opponents of former President Obama, I mean, this country will not survive another Democrat administration. If the Democrats were to get into control, that's it. America, you know, the, you know, the great American experiment, democracy, freedom is all out the door. And what do we get? Well, maybe you're going, well, maybe they'll give us like Canada. Yeah, Canada, where you can be jailed in prison and fined. If the government doesn't like the opinions you share on social media, where there is no free speech, where the only thing you can say publicly is what the government approves of, same thing over there in the UK, over there in Europe. They have, quote, democracy. But if you voice any opinion to which the government deems to be inappropriate, you can be fined and imprisoned. That's what they plan to bring here to the United States. And we see what the results of left-wing policies are. Take a look at Venezuela. Take a look at Cuba. Take, do your history on the old Soviet Union. These are what the leftist 
promote these policies. And it, and their excuse is always, well, it wasn't done right. Well, you know, they just didn't do it right. Well, it's never going to be done right. Because people, naturally, you can't trust people with power because power corrupts. And that is what has made America so prosperous. What has made America so successful is that our system of government is based off of distrust of individual people. This is why we have so many checks and balances. Why we don't just go by pure majority. Why we're a representational republic. It's the ability to limit uh, the you know, powers of individuals in government who are mass, who may be massively corrupt. It's based off of distrusting people with power. That is what has made America so successful. Now, can that be frustrating? Yes, but it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be able to articulate your ideas such that they are so overwhelmingly supported before they ever get implemented. That's what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be, you know, top-down government control over every aspect of our life like the Democrats want and promote. It is just so frustrating. And the most frustrating part of it all is that the left never suffers consequences for its illegal behavior, its criminal behavior. And it's amazing. They can, it's so rampant that they can go, that if you're on the left, you can go down, burn down other people's homes, businesses, and rob them, be on camera doing it, and never suffer a consequence for it. You can be violating federal laws, engaging in voter fraud, blatant voter fraud, and never suffer any consequences for it. Yeah, I I just get so frustrated that I am at a loss for words here. Uh, And it really scares me what the future holds for my kids if the Democrats ever gain complete control of D.C. again or ever gain control of the White House ever again because they have proven to be massively corrupt, unethical, and have no concerns about the Constitution or the law. All they care about is power and control. They are authoritarian dictators at heart. And there is no way we're going to survive. And I, I, I understand why they need to, you know, engage in all this fraud because their ideas are actually very unpopular. And take a look at, you know, President Trump, right? He built a prosperous economy that was lifting everybody up. Even those at the bottom of the economic scale were being lifted up. He's creating peace in the Middle East. He has solved the North Korean problem, you know, at least, you know, for now, because we haven't seen anything come out of North Korea for a very long time. You know, he took massive drastic action. On the coronavirus, he was taking action to protect the country when all the left and their so-called experts were saying, 
all the coronavirus is nothing to worry about. You, uh, you should be more concerned about the flu than the coronavirus, according to the left. Now they tried to flip it around and act like they were the ones that took it seriously. You know, with all the success that Trump has accomplished, of course they have to engage in fraud. You know, there are, if your ideas are unpopular, the only thing you can do is cheat, steal, engage in fraud in order to try and act as though you have some sort of popular agenda. All right, so that's it uh, for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I will be back again on Thursday.